This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. You're listening to Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 307, for the week of Wednesday the 17th of January 2018. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight is... Adam. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Xenoverse Edition Trunks, McFarlane Skybound Saga Figures, and the SH Figure Arts Street Fighter Chun-Li Action Figure. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode, I believe. This is about third or fourth of the year now, it's moving quick. Yeah, um, I think we, we've just been smashing them out, it seems like, more than once a week, just about that we record. Yeah, I was about to put in the number and I was like, oh, this will be like 302, like surely it was just last week that we recorded uh, episode 300, but no, we're almost a tenth of the way to... 400 here already which is good and exciting so how has your week been mr adam uh it's been relatively quiet actually um key accomplishments uh we have um the the tap for the water mains um ours got buried under dirt a while ago and um we also have like one of the star mixes in the house the one in the kitchen sink has um somehow along the actual um what do you call that thing you know, the bit that the water actually comes out spout. Yeah. Um, it's actually corroded at some point, and so it started cracking, and there's, like, little streams of water coming out of it when you turn the tap on. Um, so I went to go and go, okay, well, I'm going to have to replace that. I went to go and start turning the mains off, and the mains doesn't go all the way off. So I dug that out and blah, 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 and called the water company, and they're going to come out and replace it. But that's, like, the most exciting thing that's happened to me this week. That's <laughs> actually kind of funny because one of the main things that I had to do this week was replace a garden hose that the connector joint had cracked up. Um, <laughs> and I just remember feeling like, well, I'm a real adult uh, now. This is this is what adults do. They need to go down to the hardware store and buy like a hose connector to replace the hose connector that's just uh, broken I, yeah. and do all that boring stuff that I just used to hate doing <laughs> but now is the uh real adult uh things to do which i'm feeling a bit too because i uh celebrated another rotation around the sun uh since i was last on and it seemed like overnight i grew a salt and pepper beard i now <laughs> have uh, <laughs> a bit of uh grayness coming through in my uh uh, chin whiskers there so it's with that and shopping for hose pieces for the garden it, it's just felt felt like a very uh aging week here did you start saying the word dickety instead of 20 yeah because number 20 was stolen from us back in 19 dickety four yeah yeah definitely definitely that's uh that sort of pains where I, I didn't notice pains before. I, I can't get out of a chair without <laughs> vocalising noises while doing it. Uh, I, I just completely forget about being able to get out of a beanbag chair. That's now impossible. I have to wait for everyone to leave the room and just roll out to the side and 
all up. That's, that's just where 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 it's at uh, now. It all catches up with you eventually. Yeah, no, it uh, it definitely definitely does. But I was uh, very lucky. I got a, a lot of good action figure goodness for my birthday. I got the uh, A Force box set, which. Uh, was technically from my father, but I picked up, I randomly found in a pawn store uh, out in a town near me called Werribee, a guy was selling off uh, some of his more recent uh, collections, and I went there because they listed a Star Wars black um, GameStop box set there, and when I got in there, the guy behind the counter said he had a few other things, and one of them was this A-Force set, so uh, I picked it up and uh, called my father, who's always looking for birthday gift ideas, and just said, you've already got me my gift, that's all good, and (laughs) set through that, so I had that, and uh, for myself, I picked up an item that I'll uh, be talking about a little bit later, but have you had any luck in the toy collecting world? Uh, Not really, no. I've long since stopped trying to get things in store and just rely on... um pre-orders seems much easier for me it it does feel like it uh some days although this week i've just done a ton there was like three marvel legends pre-order waves that went up yeah and yeah locking all them in at once uh definitely was not wallet friendly uh (laughs) but there is something about uh not now having to chase down said figures but i'm finding what i'm doing now is i'll order a wave of figures like that, but if there's any, uh, I, I'm generally pretty bad. I like to get if they have two heads, a second figure, so I can display both figures with uh, the two different heads. So I'll save getting the second headed version for hopefully being able to hunt down in stores. But uh, I do. There are some days I envy the uh, ability to just buy it Pre-order all online and yeah. be done. But do you ever miss sort of the toy hunt phase? Uh... Not really, because it got to that point, and it's going to be that um, the way you remember things is the way you remember finishing something. And the way it finished when I was um, when I got out of doing that was just it was such a nightmare trying to find anything that you'd just end up giving up and trying to find it online anyway through eBay or someone else selling it on Facebook. So I just kind of went, nah, I'm just getting out. Um, that said, you know, back when. <clears throat> when I was still collecting Marvel Universe and they switched over to the, what did they call that? It was some, somehow uh, related. Infinite? Yeah, probably. Um, it was kind of a, okay, here's three figures you've had before and two you haven't. And the easiest way to get it was to pre-order the whole wave um, on Big Bad. And I'm like, I really don't want to be paying for three figures I don't want to have another copy of, so... Um, I assume with like build a figure type stuff, you guys are equally hosed again, right? If you want the build a figure, you kind of have to pay for figures you don't want. Yeah, luckily they don't really like reissue the exact same figure. There's usually some sort of difference. So a collector like me that's happy to display all variants isn't too bad off. But then uh, with Ben, who sort of is happy to just have one of each character, yeah, yeah he gets um, <laughs> he's not too pleased. Uh, with that side either so it it, it varies a uh, little bit there but it's funny you mentioned the marvel universe though because and the way things finish because i for ages have sort of just been 
I used to collect Marvel Universe just because Marvel Legends was dead at the time, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of like really bad buck reuse, and they weren't the greatest figures, and I was doing some reshuffling of my uh, third room that I have all my boxes and all sort of toys that are in storage in, and got out the old three-and-three-quarter-inch box that had all... Indiana Jones and Star Wars and a ton of Marvel Universe and actually sat down and started going through the Marvel Universe ones individually and I was like, actually, there's a lot of really good sculpting going on here and that, that's some good paintwork going on there. And this oh, They had a great range of characters for as long as it was running. Yeah, and there's some characters there that I still don't have in the Marvel Legends as great as it is and it's like, wow, that's is actually, this line was a lot better than uh, I kind of remembered it being in my head. Like, there were a couple of early ones that weren't the greatest in terms of buck reuse, but they seemed to get out of that quickly, but that was what had stuck in my mind. And I'd, even just little things like now, knowing how to handle and deal with action figures better. Like, there was a Daredevil I had that annoyed the crap out of me because he was stuck on, like, a half angle uh, on his kind of chest joint where the paints had sort of glued the joint down so he couldn't move. So it was kind of sort of stuck in that yoga pose where you're leaning a hand over your head and then stretching to the side. And now being a bit old, I knew to sort of like dip him in hot water and carefully like line through the joint with an X-Acto blade and fixed him. And uh, he was actually free and moving. I was like, oh, I actually like this figure a lot more now when he used to annoy me. And <laughs> it was kind of great fun digging through that box and going through some of my old star wars ones so if you do get a chance if you got things in storage for a while it can be worth sort of just doing a dig around and pulling things out and uh seeing how you go mm. uh but uh unless you've got anything else to add to this week's report how about uh we dive in and talk about some toys that have us excited this week sounds like a plan man yeah if your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. This week, Adam has our first Toy of the Week, so over to you, Adam. Thank you, Eddie. So, this week, I'm looking at um, the Dragon of the SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Xenoverse Edition Trunks. Um, alternatively, you could call this SH Figure Arts Trunks Xenoverse Edition, but I kind of word it the other way. Technically, it, it's hard to say whether this is meant to be the same. This is um, the same as for the Time Patrol I reviewed a few weeks back. This is um, a video game based off of Dragon Ball Z um, where the timeline has shifted and um, been corrupted and blah, blah, blah. Um, and 
as per the last one, it's unclear to me exactly whether this is based off of Xenoverse or Xenoverse 2. Um, I have not played Xenoverse 2, and I'm not completely familiar enough with the um, the costuming to say whether this is Xenoverse or Xenoverse 2. Um, that said, it's from that particular branch of Dragon Ball uh, that we are visiting today. So this is a, a Bandai figure. It was released in 2017, and I acquired mine in 2017, um, uh, and it went for about $50 US at the time. I think you can still pick it up for that um, at Big Bad Toy Store. Yes, you can. No, no shameless plugs or anything there. Um, so, yeah, packaging-wise, this is um, fairly standard for a figure arts figure, uh, particularly this line. So it's got the... Um, the window box to the front with a bit of a window on that goes around to the top and the, the side. Um, you've got a picture of the figure in colour on the front with some black and white portraits. Um, the reverse shows fewer options about, um, about how you might pose this figure, but it gives you a couple. It also gives you a blurb for Xenoverse 2 uh, in case you didn't know what this was related to either because of, you know, the name of the figure or the fact that there was Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 branding on the front of the box. Um, so they're definitely getting their, their cross-media promotions in. Uh, it has the piece of coloured card. This one is purple. has instructions for how to play with your figure, which is always helpful. Um, and it has a redeem thing for Xenoverse 2 in-game points. Um, which I'm sure if we go and try and actually apply those will be much like the Time Patroller figure where those points were apparently only available to Japanese customers. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I'm not playing Xenoverse 2, so I doesn't care. Um, inside of that, you have the standard single tray with tray cover, um, containing figure, heads, faces, hands, accessories, um, the interesting thing for me here is one of the faces, um, or the swap-out head really, must be um, a bit too mobile compared to what they're initially expecting in the tray because it's got like a little clear plastic Hannibal Lecter mask there to stop paint rub. <laughs> so that's an interesting choice. The figure itself, um, I think there'd be a fair bit of new sculpt here. Um, I don't know whether there would be other figure arts characters that have had a trench coat applied. There might be bits and pieces of reuse from things like, I don't know, I'm trying to think who would have had a trench coat. Um, possibly someone related to One Piece, who knows? Um, possibly like a Joker or something might have some overlap. Um, so I think it is mainly fairly new. Um, and on that front, uh, this is the Xenoverse, again, version of Trunks. So he's He's wearing a dark grey trench coat. It has even darker grey buttons on it that are painted. Uh, he has a kind of khaki green, um, olive green turtleneck on. He has uh, The jacket has a, a grey uh, collar. He's got, um, not grey collar, brown collar. I'm so bad with my words lately. Um, he's got kind of off lime green pants and, uh, brown leather-looking shoes and leather-looking gloves. I'll talk about those a bit more in a minute because um, they're pretty nifty. Um, and he has a belt accessory to help hide the waist articulation. Uh, the portrait, I think, is reused, or the head basically is probably reused from uh, the original Trunks figure. 
I think the portrait's different. Um, I think the way that they've coloured it is actually helps make it look a bit of a different figure in terms of the face anyway. Um, so I actually found that he looked a bit more like a GT Trunks than a Dragon Ball Z Trunks um, in terms of the face, which I think is an interesting mm. little aside because I don't know if we're ever really going to get GT versions of characters uh, in this line. I know they did do a, um, a Super Saiyan 4 Goku and a GT adult Goku um, as um, prototypes because at one point, but they never actually have announced a release date. And they did the figurize, didn't they? They did do figurize Super Saiyan 4 Goku and possibly Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta. But yeah. Um, so maybe they will, maybe they won't, but until then, if you want something that looks vaguely GT in a trunks head sculpt, you now have that. Um, it would also be worth uh, seeing whether or not that head fits onto the base trunks, just for people that are interested, because some people like to swap their trunks heads around a bit. Um, the neck is fairly standard figure arts articulation, that it's a double-jointed neck, so a ball joint at the top and a ball joint at the bottom. The shoulders um, are a fractional letdown, um, and the reason I say that is, you know how figure arts figures typically have like the, it's two ball joints there's a ball jointed piece that um inserts in the shoulder and then there's another ball joint that sits on top of that that connects to the top of the floor the top of the arm mm-hmm. the bit that's in the body doesn't seem like it has a lot of range um and it actually might only be a single ball joint with just like a little piece that slides in and out over the, to try and cover the joint um so it's not restricting range but it's not really enhancing range much so it just looks kind of odd that they've done it that way rather than just have a single piece of plastic that comes out all the way. Um, the elbow is a standard double-jointed elbow, but there's nothing to pretty it up, so it looks more like drapery on the um, outside or point of the elbow. Um, they've clearly gone, ah, it's good enough. Uh, hands are just attaching via a ball joint, so there's nothing exciting there. Um, oh, that is exciting. Um so here's something that I haven't seen on a figure up before, and that is a bicep cut. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I've seen that on a single other figure art to date. So that's a bit of new tech there potentially, um, which is fantastic because that means that you can achieve a wider range of arm poses. I think it also helps that he, his arms are fairly cylindrical, like there's a little bit of unevenness from having a minor bicep because this version of Trunks is fairly scrawny, um, so it doesn't stand out the way it would if you've got massive biceps like a lot of Dragon Ball Z characters with a cut in the middle, which would look ridiculous when you then rotated them. Um, so that's kind of cool. Hmm. He has um, ab articulation, which was only, what, a couple of years ago we started getting that in figure arts, so that clearly has become the standard. He's got ball-jointed waist, um, his pants are sculpted all the way up to the hip. There's some other disappointing stuff going on underneath the coat, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, the trench coat has um, three segments. So you know how like a trench coat or a jacket, you have kind of the two wings. So one obviously sits over the top of the other. So that's one segment is the top segment. Then there's the segment that sits under that. And then the tail has been done as a third segment that sits underneath both of those, which is pretty good because... Um, I mean, we talked about with Wiss how you couldn't actually do much in terms of moving the legs front, back, or out to the side because his, um, I'm not sure what you'd call that tunic probably, um, was just too restrictive. 
Whereas this one, you can actually move it around, and it's more like I think Akane Tendo from the Roma half line had um, a pleated skirt that was kind of like this. So you've actually got some freedom to pose the legs, which is cool. Um, the hips are a ball jointed hip. The knees are a double jointed knee with um, actual sculpting on the kneecap. Uh, ankles are ball joints, and the toes is just a, a single rock, or not rocker, um, just a single swivel point for each toe. So that's kind of cool. Um, obviously, for the at the waist, he has a, a belt that covers over his his shame of unsightly waist joint. Um, the truly horrendous part of this, though, and you only notice it if you try and see what's going on underneath his trench coat, um, which for whatever reason I did because I'm like that. Um, Every figure by does this. Yeah. So you know how normally like they'll bother sculpting over all the hideous joints that you don't want to see, even though you can't really see there unless you look up their skirt yeah this time they haven't you can see this horrendous t-piece crotch um eddie's got a picture that he can see that i've, I've provided got the crotch shot yeah um and you can see exactly how these things put together and it's not a pretty sight actually i lied that pants sculpting does not go all the way up to the hips it stops basically like i guess if it was a human being it'd be about six inches below the the top of the hip um, yeah, so they've clearly just gone, ah, and that'll do. Um, it is which, weird. It's, it's disconcerting, right? It, it's kind of that, not quite seeing how the sausage is made, but if you ever get to, like, walk back of house at a theme park or that, and you see, like, that the animatronics have no legs and there's just sort of wires and... Yeah, like metal scaffolding. Like the, there's a level of magic that's removed once you see it's like, oh, this is just like a plastic construct. There's no shape or anything under here. This is just pure mechanical with purpose. There's no art to it. Yeah, they did just enough to try and convince you superficially, and that's it. So that's kind of disappointing, but okay, sure. Um, I, I think they made up for it with a bicep cut, so I'll forgive it. Um, in terms of other things, you know, the paints are pretty good. There's a small little slop of, I'm trying to work out, I think that's brown. It might be, um, turtleneck kind of khaki color on mine's neck. Um, you have to be looking for that spot to be able to see it really. And it'd be easy to, to cover it over with posing. Um, the shoes are really quite cool and the gloves as well. So, They've gone for um, essentially a matte main part of the shoe and then the toe is a bit glossier and a slightly darker brown. So it actually looks like um, a two-tone pair of shoes. And similarly, the gloves are kind of a bit more matte um, in some of the raised, in a lot of the raised areas and a bit more glossy in some of the, the grooves. So they actually look a bit more like a, an actual leather glove. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm quite interested in that. Um, I think that's pretty cool. In terms of other aspects of this figure, yes, there's loads of... Oh, well, there's not loads. There's a handful of accessories. Um, there's not loads of extra portraits or hands, so I think maybe um, figure out the same to get to the point where people have said, you know, we don't actually use all those hands and all those portraits, or they've just said we had a lot of other features on this figure and to keep the price down, we cut back on some of those things you guys seem to know and love. So in terms of um, portraits... There is a swap-out Super Saiyan head, which has a default gridded teeth, eyes ahead, um, death stare face. Um, the alternative is eyes wider and shouting. Uh, the default portrait for um, 
base form sunk trunks is um, kind of a again a bit of a death stare but with upside downy mouth so kind of a little bit surly stern and maybe a bit upset looking the alternative is um, looking off to the left um, and a little bit of a smirk going on face portraits are also interesting in that they're not they're not flush they're clearly designed to fit under the um, hairline so that's another interesting feature there as well because hmm. um, normally they're kind of you know symmetrical across the top and these ones are not hmm. so that's interesting too I wonder if that will affect it uh, with the other – I'm assuming you can't swap this out with the other trunks because the, the first two – The maybe yeah, not, yeah. Because the first two trunks had issues with that as well, didn't they? They weren't uh, universal. Yes. Yeah. You, um, I'm trying to think. I think it was more the collar on original trunks prevented you from putting um, Super Saiyan trunks or the second form, which was the Saiyan armor trunks putting his head on because of the ponytail. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of alleviated by the fact you've got a whole head, so if the head fits on the peg, you're kind of okay, um, which means it's not quite so bad. In terms of hands, um, it comes by default with punchy hands. There are um, a set of sword-holding hands, which is not a surprise with the trunks. There's another set of holding hands related to um, one of the other accessories, which we'll talk about shortly. And there are key palm, uh, key blasting palm hands, which um, for Trunks is actually not just generic key palm blasting because one of Trunks' attacks fits that perfectly, which is the heat dome attack. Um, so that's kind of cool. Unfortunately, there's no accessory part for that. <laughs> um, in terms of swords, there is a sword hilt, which just goes straight into, oh, sorry, there's a sheath, uh, which you can equip on on trunks, so it goes over the shoulders. There is a peg in his um, back, which is above the right or around about the uh, right shoulder, which is where this pu- uh, plugs into. Um, the strap goes over the other, goes over and fits in there. Um, so that's okay. There's a hilt that you can put in the sheath if you want him to have your sword away. If you want him to have your sword out, there is a full-size sword that you can use as well. And I'm just trying to compare. It's probably the exact same sword as before and the exact same sheath as before, but with different paint. Um, Now, I'm going to reveal some inside baseball here and say that I actually still haven't listened to uh, the last episode where you reviewed the Time Patroller. Um, but did you mention with Time Patroller that he actually comes with sword-holding hands and can hold this sword? I probably did, but I probably didn't realise what they were for. Because I, I would have, co- I probably commented that he had holding hands, but not really being sure what they were for. But that would make sense. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that... Because um, I haven't played Xenoverse either, so this is potential spoilers, but apparently you do get uh, Trunks' sword at a point, so uh, he can uh, take that sword and hold it with certain holdy hands. People seemed um, to be either pleased by it or disappointed that Time Patroller didn't come with his own A sword of his own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, similarly, um, Krillin, Krillin and Android 18 were linked by, I think it was Android 18, had the, um, the remote control shutdown device in a hand for Krillin to hold, I think. Mm. Um, as one she of came with the extra head outs. too, didn't she? I think so. There was definitely at least the hand. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, they have done a couple of those 
um, connecting figure type things, but they at least keep it to a minimum for those that don't care. But yeah, I, um, I find it a bit funny that people were that upset about Time Patrol or Time Patrol slash Ace, considering that he's not a canon character. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, go for your life. Um, the other accessory is one of the um, time scroll contraptions from Xenoverse, where um, time scrolls are the things that represent where the universe has gone wrong. Um, so it's really just kind of a, a cylindrical-looking thing that's black and purple painted and has like a little ribbony thing and a feather-looking thing that's sealing it closed. Um, and that's what those other hands that I said, the gripping hands, that's what they're for holding, is um, that. So if you're not holding a sword, you're holding a, a scroll. Well, you could be holding a sword and holding a sword hilt, I guess. Um, but then you don't have enough hands to hold everything. So, yeah, you know, look, overall, um, it's a pretty good figure. There's a bunch of different stuff that we haven't had before in terms of um, sculpting. There's the bicep cut, which was pretty good. Um, the accessories are a little bit underwhelming um, in terms of we kind of spoiled the choice in this line. Um Again, there's no effect or no key attack effect, and there's no uh, there's no flight stand, but we haven't had that for the most part across the board. Um, and there's that horrible behind the scenes crotch um, that's probably scarred me for life. Um, so yeah, I guess overall this is probably. I think if it didn't have the bicep cut, I would probably say this is probably a six or a seven with the bicep cut, I'd probably bump it up to a solid eight in terms of rating. Very nice. Hmm. Now, um, these were the ones that also had on the package that it was like limited to 10,000. Yeah. So something about being limited, it doesn't say 10,000 on there that I can read, but if they're limited to 10,000 then they're limited to 10,000 but they're still readily available. Yeah, because that, that was something that I always found. For some reason, I thought that had the number on there, but I remember when, if you remember, Lego did that uh, hunt for Mr. Gold. Yes. And there was something like 7,000 of them only made and sent out, and it's it's always funny to me when I hear about like other figure runs of like Masters of the Universe Classics with something between twenty and 10,000 and so on and yet like that lego figure that was like the exclusive one was pretty much the exact same number range yet people were going nuts and hunting for him all over the world just to yeah give an idea of how different um line production is across the yeah. but yeah i, I might be making in, difference in number of people buying the line i guess as well yeah between yeah dragon ball figure arts and lego collectors in the world is yeah definitely a big difference i might have been making that ten thousand up off the top of my head i'm not too sure where i got it now i thought it was on uh the packet itself so uh i write in with your edge of my corrections because it could be very very (laughs) wrong there yeah yeah easy done uh well if you don't have uh anything else to add we'll be back shortly with our next tour of the week if you like listening to podcasts there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. 
It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of the Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash AFblues. Well, we return with our second toy of the week in our trifecta, and I will now head over to you, Mr. Eddie. Thank you, Adam. So uh, I was in a bit of a mood to mix it up a little bit this week. I do have a habit of uh, falling on some old favourites like Legends and Black Series. Uh, But then something arrived for me at the comic store, which reminded me that there was another set of figures that I have actually been meaning to talk about for quite some time, but they always just kind of kept being put on the back burner. So I thought here was an awesome chance to actually finally get around to reviewing an older set as well as talking about something new. And that is the McFarlane Skybound Saga action figures. Uh, So for those that don't know, there is a really good comic book uh, by Brian K. Vaughan, who is a writer that worked on uh, a lot of TV shows like Lost. Uh, He's also had a very good comic book pedigree. Uh, He created Marvel's Runaways. He's done a lot of great independent work, such as Why the Last Man, Ex Machina. And his current book, Saga, is... uh, I'd, I'd say it's arguably the hottest... Uh, independent comic going around right now in comic stores. So it's always a bit of a mixed bag uh, when talking to action figure collectors if they are comic book readers or not. So some of you are going to be very familiar with this property, I'm sure, uh, but there might be some people out there that don't know it at all. So I'll keep it fairly brief. I'll give you a bit of a rundown. It's basically sort of a sci-fi fantasy, very much in the vein of Star Wars, about uh, two almost Romeo and Juliet types. They uh, come from opposing sides in a galactic wall. Uh, One's a very magic side, one's a very uh, sort of science side. They fall in love on the battlefield, basically, and have a kid that's considered a bit of an abomination by both sides in the war and kind of hire bounty hunters to track down this new family, and that has repercussions across the galaxy. I kind of won't go much further uh, than that, because very early on you start getting into some spoilers, Uh, But it is a fantastic book, which I do highly recommend uh, picking up and reading if you get a chance. But being a popular comic book, uh, there is some merchandise uh, going to be abound about it. But it is an independent comic book, so where we don't normally see that much merchandise. So it's come out of a bit of a weird place and... That's uh, McFarlane Toys, which are obviously very famous for doing Spawn. These days, they're mainly known uh, for their recently finished Halo line, as well as uh, their ever-present Walking Dead line, which has sort of moved more into the colour tops. But a couple of years ago, the Walking Dead and Halo were in sort of this 5-inch scale. 
and that's the scale that these saga figures have landed in and it may seem like McFarlane had sort of stopped doing this scale and type of figure which really they kind of have for general stores uh, but what's happened is Robert Kirkman from Walking Dead has actually set up his own imprint at Image Comics called Skybound and Skybound is working with McFarlane Toys which is another kind of tangentially connected company to um, Image Comics uh, to do little odd bits and pieces of his own comic book works such as uh, there's exclusive Walking Dead figures on there so uh, if you were a five inch Walking Dead collector uh, particularly the comic book stuff uh, you might be surprised to learn that they're actually still making comic book Walking Dead figures but you just need to acquire them directly from the Skybound site itself uh, they are also doing outcast figures there both based on the comic and the TV show uh, as well as what I recently knew about it a few months ago but i keep forgetting to actually go in and place my order uh they do, are doing invincible figures which is a f- character hmm. i wanted for years uh as an action figure but apparently the rights were held up uh due to a company acquiring them but never wanting to do anything with them but uh, obviously that has finished and they have now started doing invincible figures so uh, i will need to get on that but it has actually also expanded outside of Kirkman books and they've been able to do uh, figures based on Brian K. Vaughan's saga. So the first two that were released and they were released two years ago now in 2016 originally for as Comic-Con exclusives uh, but they're the exact same figures that later on uh, got released. It was the main two characters, the Star-Crossed Lovers Alana and Marco and they were released in a two-pack. And then just at the end of last year, we got uh, the Will and arguably the most iconic (laughs) character from uh, the comic, uh, Lying Cat, Uh, which those of you that know, know this character. Uh, Those of you that don't, I'll get into in a sec. Uh, Now, these action figures... uh, aren't cheap uh, by any means, unfortunately. Uh, Your best bet is probably going to Skybound directly and ordering them from the site. Uh, Even then, they are $50 US uh, per the two-pack, let alone the shipping that you're going to be paying on top of that, uh, which, in fairness, isn't too bad uh, being international. Uh, it's not great, but I've seen some of these smaller websites charge a lot more uh, for international shipping. Uh, for Australia, it's around $25, so it's not not the worst, but uh, you're not really going to be able to find these at retail prices. And really, the only retailers that are going to be stocking anything like this are comic book stores, which are basically paying that site's uh, heading cost and then also putting on top of uh, whatever they need to make some sort of profit out of it too. So uh, mm. while the website might be charging $50 US for the two-pack of figures, I have seen these in comic book stores uh, for upwards of around about $140 uh, 
uh, just for the two packs uh, by themselves. So they can seem to be very expensive, but if you do hunt around, you can get them a lot cheaper than some stores might have them for as their sort of sticker uh, price. Uh, now, are they worth this cost, though? So, uh, at least the packaging is very nice. Uh, it is a... It's weird. There's not really too many things like it that uh, I could <laughs> kind of explain. They do come in a box, uh, but it's more of your typical action figure box if it was tilted on its side the way it's meant to be displayed, so you could read it uh, being on the shelf if that sort of makes sense it goes sort of width ways rather than uh tall up ways uh it does have some wonderful fiona staples artwork on the boxes so it's the artwork directly from the comics and they kind of went with the iconic images i think the one on uh, alana and marco's boxes is right from the very first uh issue or first trade cover and the one of the will and lion cat is basically straight off the second issue cover but they do represent the characters greatly the box sort of design does change alana and marco's is more of a white uh overall background theme whereas the will and uh, lion cats has a yellow coloring to it there is a third box that has just come out on the skybound site which is uh the their kid and her ghost babysitter uh and that's more of a pink colored theme so it does look like they are mixing up the colors to go with the actual figures themselves which does seem to be similar to what they're doing with the hard covers of the comic book um, mm. collected edition so it is sort of a nice tie in there and could look good on your shelf with your comics and your figures uh, if you're going to keep them that way uh, it is just a slide out plastic tray which things are easily removable from so uh, I do think it is you make the very good case it's collector friendly my only little asterisk on that is that they are a little bit happy with the sticky tape uh, and for me, sticky tape is never the best way to hold products in place. Uh, it sort of limits you if you're putting things back in that they're probably going to be loose and rolling around in the tray. And also, as I'll come to a little bit later with McFarlane figures, the paint is very scratchable. So it's not sort of a nice feeling uh, having to carefully remove that sticky tape over a figure or accessories paint. Now, in terms of the sculpt work, the sculpting is very good on these figures, as you sort of expect from McFarlane. Uh, they do a wonderful job getting in and getting all that sort of nitty-gritty detail in. The way that Marco's clothes hang on him is just really amazing. Uh, they've done a very good job on Alana getting her hair sculpts down and running through over her sort of jeans that are like her clothing's more tight fitting, but you do see elements where there is sort of a natural drapery uh, around sort of the knees and that where you might just have that little bit extra of material. Her hips are a little bit wider, uh, which is actually a nice touch from uh, the books. It is sort of something that comes up a couple of times for a fairly 
thin frame person. She does have a little bit of uh, hips, and it is a topic that uh, does come up from time to time. So it is uh, subtly in there in the sculpt as well. Hmm. Uh, now, the Will is really fantastic. He was one that, uh, as soon as I had him out of the package, the first thing I had to do was turn him around and look at his back. And it's rare that the main thing I want to look at at an action figure is their back. Uh, and it might seem kind of boring because the Will wears a cape. Uh, but one of my favorite things from the comic, uh, and at least where I'm up to in the reading they really haven't explored yet, is that the cape that the Will wears is actually a kind of superhero cape. So he has the cowl hanging down. Uh, on the back of his cape, sort of like how you see Batman or Wolverine uh, when they sort of in the back cave or at the mansion, they'll flip their cow back and it just sort of hangs off the back of their head like a hoodie. And he does have this, and it's got the little eye holes and beak. It almost looks like he's killed and stolen uh, space ghosts uh, <laughs> cape and he's wearing that around. And I remember seeing that very early on in the comics and it was just one of those really awesome visual storytelling beats of like tells you a little bit of something about the guy but it also raises more questions than it answers and uh really helps make him a very interesting character and i've just sort of realized i haven't really for anyone who doesn't know uh, what I'm talking about. So uh, Marco is uh, the male lead. He sort of is wearing almost hipster clothings with jeans, a jacket, a t-shirt. Uh, but his head is like that of almost a pan or a goat boy. Uh, he's got these big ram horns that come around and curl around. And uh, his species of Moonies is often nicknamed horns. All his species have different types of animal horns. And then Alana does look much more like a basic female, but she does have wings. Now, unfortunately, because I've had uh, her for a while, uh, she does have swap out extendable wings, uh, but I've put the extendable wings in an accessory bin somewhere and I've no idea where they've gone. So I didn't have them out uh, here at the moment, but you can sort of swap out her collapsed wings on her backs for extendable ones but uh, her species are sort of defined by having different types of wings and then the will is basically your Han Solo type so he's wearing the jeans the white shirt the vest but is also wearing that superhero cape and he's a bit more of a shaved head uh, kind of guy uh, so almost like a bit of a Bruce Willisy kind of look to him, younger Bruce Willis, if he shaved uh, his head. But uh, great, interesting characters. And that brings me to the last one, which is the most unique sculpt, which is Lion Cat Fur. So for those that don't know, Lion Cat is the sidekick of the Will. Uh, the <laughs> Will uh, is a bounty hunter, and the Lion Cat is... Uh, basically, he's Chewbacca uh, if the will is Han Solo. So the lion cat will follow him around 
And the advantage of having a lying cat around with you is while he doesn't really speak, he will say the word lying if anyone is lying around him. So he's a great truth detector. And he basically is one of those Mexican hairless cats. Uh, Think of Mr. Bigglesworth from Austin Powers uh, in terms of sculpt and design, but he's blue with white spots uh, through on top of that and has sort of it's not really a saddle, but a harness kind of similar to Battle Cat uh, that has a bit of a sun collar attached to it. And it, these... It's kind of, it's one of those, like, you know, how you put a blanket over your dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like one of those little um, doggy jackets that you'd put on in winter if your dog was going outside for the day while you're at work. That's what we used to do with our little dog. Um, but, yeah, he's a, uh, he's fantastic. The sculpt work... Uh, on this guy is just amazing. He looks like he stepped right out of the page uh, and they've done an absolutely fantastic job replicating Fiona Staples' artwork, particularly in the head sculpt, is just spot on the Lion Cat. They've got all the wrinkles in his face just taken off the page and right on here in the figure. And... I wish I could say it was the same with the rest of them, but unfortunately it's not. The biggest drawback and flaw on these guys for me is the head sculpts just unfortunately do not uh, replicate the comic book. Uh, They've done their best, but being a slightly smaller scale head and the fact that McFarlane sort of go for a tinge of realism, whereas... There is a little bit of simplicity to Fiona Staples' artwork from the book. Uh, It does struggle to give a great representation of these characters. Now, they're not bad by any stretch. You can easily look at uh, these characters and know exactly who they're meant to be. So, uh, in terms of doing their job, it is serviceable. Uh, But unfortunately, it does lack the magic a little bit. So... Like, Alana has these really powerful emotional and expression uh, eyes that really capture expression, and unfortunately the figure is just missing that as it goes for a more realistic eye. And uh, the Will has just these fantastic uh, eyebrows, uh, but here on the figure they just kind of look like big black caterpillars uh, mm-hmm. when you're looking at him from a distance. They're not too bad once you sort of get him up closer to your face, and it was very hard to get a picture of that, uh, but it's not uh, the best by any stretch. In fact, he's probably, unfortunately, being my favourite character, uh, the weakest out of all four of them. And I think Lion Cat is served by the fact that his le- head is about three times larger than the rest of theirs. They're able to get a lot more of that sculpting detail in and the other unfortunate thing they lost some of the visual storytelling on the will where he actually had some scars on his shaved head which they are missing uh here on the figure unfortunately uh which is it it is a bit of a shame i'm i'm a bit disappointed to lose those uh so while there is some really good sculpting work going on and as i said it is serviceable you definitely know who these characters are uh it's not perfect unfortunately and i just had a bug crawling across one of the face sculpts which isn't good and weird and never had that in a review before uh, but there we are <laughs> live interaction um uh, it's, it's nothing it's just a 
little i don't even know what it was actually it's just a tiny it might be a baby spider which will probably freak john out sorry john uh now uh, going into uh, the paints, uh, once again, being McFarlane, there is some very nice paintwork going on, particularly with washes, uh, but it isn't a paintwork that I feel confident or strong in. So I do feel it is very scratch easy. I wouldn't want to be banging these toys together in a case or anything like that. And unfortunately, because they are so heavy on the washers, there is a bit of slop work. Uh, so the Will's cape, he does have a couple of holes in it with some red poking through. They're not exactly accurate dabbed in there. And he does have a little bit of brown from his vest that have dripped down onto his shirt itself. Uh, Marco has a bit messed around his hairline there's a little bit of sculpting where it's on the flesh tone and then parts of where it should be flesh tone where some of the black of the hairline has drabbed down uh, my alana is actually pretty good i don't really have too much at fault to say uh, with her uh, paintwork and the lion cat is absolutely spectacular i don't think i have any faults or blemishes uh, on him they've done a really good job and the gold paint that they use for his little harness is actually really cool i haven't ever really seen a figure use this kind of it's like a deep dark gold it just really pops out on his very sort of matte aqua teal uh sort of coloring to him there which is uh very nice uh in terms of articulation, if you've ever had one of the McFarlane Walking Dead or Halo figures, you kind of know what you're getting in here. So it's got ball-jointed head, uh, ball-jointed sort of cut-swivel shoulders, uh, cut and swivel elbow joints that have a little bit of a ratchet to them on the inside. And then he's got ball-jointed wrists, um, where it's good you sort of do get a bit of a range to place weapons and move them around uh, through there. Unfortunately, it does look a little bit weird if you do sort of flare out the hands. You do sort of see uh, hmm. that the ball joint is actually clothing coloured on most of the figures, except for Alana. She's got a different type of uh, wrist articulation uh, where she's just sort of got a cut and swivel joint there. But she has really thin uh really really thin uh wrists which i do worry about a little bit and i'll get back to that in a sec uh but it is nice you do get a lot of arm articulation uh there unfortunately their chests have no articulation in them whatsoever so you don't even get a waist swivel uh which yeah, I'm just double-checking. I kind of... There's that thing where they might have a waist swivel, but I kind of don't want to apply... Oh, the wheel has a waist swivel, uh, but I don't know if Alana or uh, Marco... Oh, no, Alana has one, but you really can't turn her that much. I think it might be more they're cut at that point, but it's just sort of locked into a position there. So they use sort of different plastic pieces and then what's gone in has sort of locked them differently, but I don't kind of want to apply too much pressure uh, on them to turn, but they may not have waist uh, swivels there. Uh, 
they've got cut and swivel hip joints, uh, which unfortunately don't look great. Now, luckily, the Will and Marco have belts hanging down that sort of hide this. Uh, on Alana and her tight-fitting jeans, though, it's there to see. And it's that horrible where you get the joint circles. So if you remember the DC Collectibles Batman animated series, the early figures mm-hmm. of those where you had that joint circle staring at you like eyes from the waist. These guys, unfortunately, have that. Uh, they've got... Uh, uh, cut and swivel once again for the knees, and then they've got swivels uh, at the ankles for a little bit of leg articulation there. Now, the Lion Cat is completely different. He actually comes with a lot more articulation than I thought he would. So he's got a cut and swivel tail. He's also got a double ball-jointed neck uh, so where the neck connects into the head and also where the neck connects into the body. So you don't get a super lot of range for the neck where it connects into the body, but you do get a lot on the top head. So uh, it does give you a far more movement than I thought there would have been. He does have a ball joint right in the middle of his body, so you can get a uh, bit of movement there with his waist cut now the actual harness on his back isn't connected to the collar on his neck so just when you move him that sort of harness just seems to naturally line up with wherever the collar is Uh, so it does always look good no matter where you're placing him and he's got swivels in the upper parts of his legs but because of the way he's sculpted if you don't have it lined up with the way the muscles line up he's gonna look a little bit weird now he does come with swappable legs which is nice so you can remove his standing up hind legs and put down sitting down hind legs in uh, which for me is the way that he looks the best when displaying him is with the sitting down legs and the reason for that is that the front legs actually look their best when he's in that uh, sitting down position. Whereas if you've got him in the standing position, you do need to move his front legs a little bit and it sort of throws off the muscle alignment, which uh, makes him look a little bit weird uh, on that front end. But it's not too bad. It's only if you're sort of looking at it close. Uh, But he's, he's definitely both in articulation... Uh, maybe the least, but uh, in terms of how it works with the rest of his sculpt, uh, easily the best. In terms of accessories, these guys don't come with much. Uh, You've got uh, just basically their weapons. So Alana comes with her Heartbreaker gun, uh, which fits onto a holster. Now the holster does have a clasp that comes over the top that you're meant to just plug in, uh, but unfortunately the plug hole does not go in uh, to the holster properly so it's constantly just sticking up which is a little bit annoying and she also comes with this massive mace uh, very similar to one you'd find with like a hawk girl figure and unfortunately because she has these really tiny wrists uh, it's basically impossible to get her with in a position where she's holding this mace and it's not just sort of angling down towards the floor just gravity kind of takes over (laughs) there and I am a little bit worried about if you were to get her in a position with her arm out 
uh, what sort of pressure that might put onto her wrist joints. So I wouldn't recommend leaving her in an action pose with this mace for too long. Now, Marco comes with his sword, which I, I won't spoil, but is a very important part uh, of the story, uh, and it's sheath. Uh, so that's uh, can the sheath can actually unplug uh, from his belt, uh, or you can just plug it in there, and he can hold that uh, in his right hand. Uh, but the wheel and line cat, I think, is where the accessories get to be their best. So instead of having a lightsaber, uh, the wheel has a an extendable lance. So you've got sort of basically the lance hilt. Looks like a lightsaber hilt, but it has that little uh, almost non-pointed cone that lances have at the end. And you get a version of that sort of depowered hilt, and then you've got an extended hilt version of the lance. Now, unfortunately, the extended version of the lance is just a very basic uh, steel point. It almost looks like a long sword, whereas in the book it actually has the rivets almost like where it telescopes out of when he extends it out and swings it around. But um, it's not. That, that's getting a bit nitpicky, uh, but there could have been a slight little bit extra sculpt work that went on there to get it exact. Uh, but by far the coolest accessory is the one that comes with Lying Cat, and it is a word balloon on a stand that says Lying, and it's that sort of jagged word balloon that's always used for when the Lying Cat speaks. And it's just... Arguably the most iconic part of the book, uh, even if you've never heard of this book, chances are if you've gone to any comic conventions or that, you've seen an image of this blue cat saying lying. Uh, it's, that's where it's from. It's from this book, and you are able to replicate it with that word balloon accessory. So that is fantastic that they went that little bit extra effort to give us that, and it just really pops out uh, on the figure display. So... Where do these figures lie? I have... I've definitely picked some nits here on these ones, uh, unfortunately. Uh, there are a lot of little things on each figure that do disappoint me, but I think the figures themselves overall are better than the sum of their parts. Uh, they are very serviceable. They do their jobs. You see them on your stand, and if you know the property, you know what these figures are. So, uh, But... They do have a lot of issues as well. And that said, they're coming in at a high price point. So I am probably going to give these guys a $7 out of 10. Uh, now, that three points is for nitpicks, but they're nitpicks on a very uh, not expensive, but a not cheap uh, basic action figure. So... Uh, I, I do hope they are things that can be worked on uh, going forwards uh, for Skybound McFarlane. But, yeah, that uh, pretty much wraps it up for me uh, here. Yeah, I guess, like, looking at the photos you provided, the paints really stand out as being the worst part. Yeah, it, and it is a shame because there is some areas where they get it right, like on Lion Cat and Marco's clothes, um, there is some really great paintwork going on here, and particularly his horns, I don't think, come across in the photos as well, but they've got some wonderful detail where they look like realistic ram horns, but 
then there's other parts where it just yeah particularly on the wills uh cape and face unfortunately yeah. like it's just not great work and it's that weird mixture i think of having some really good work next to some bad work just makes that bad work stand out even more yeah i mean like the flesh paint looks like you know the first time you try customizing and you're not and you go a bit heavy and you're not very good with painting it looks a bit like that like it looks it looks like you can see the brush strokes kind of thing which is not a good look yeah um and also looks like he's got a, a brush hair stuck to his jacket or something yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, and I think the shame of it is is because the comic art is so stylized. Like it really feels to me like it was a McFarland demand to try to have these figures fit in with, say, The Walking Dead or other ones where yeah could have gone that more simple artwork and simple color choices and had these guys sort of really pop which is what i feel they did with lion cat like lion cat really feels like he has just come straight off the page and he stands out and he's prominent on a shelf and he is that really sort of not just the bright in the blue but it's hard to explain but he has a light black in his ears if that makes any kind of sense at all and it looks like it's that sort of water colored uh black that's come out of the book and just really fantastic and i wish the work that was done on Lion Cat had have been the colouring and the sculpt work that was done across uh, the actual line. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, that'll uh, bring me through here. Uh, so, Adam, what do you say? We have a little bit of a break and we'll pass it over to Ben uh, to talk about uh, his own Toy of the Week. Sounds good. I mean, he's literally phoned it in, right? Yeah, I, uh, quite literally. <laughs> Excellent. Well, greetings, valued AFB listeners. It's Ben, a.k.a. Fish Milkshake here, coming at you with another Action Figure Blues Toy of the Week review. I'm going to be taking a look at the new Street Fighter Chun-Li from Bandai's FH Figure Arts line. And this is the second figure to come out in this line, hot on the heels of Ryu. And I can tell it's the second figure because the box gives me uh, numerous reminders that this is number two. No mention of who number one is, but it's definitely number two. All right, well, this is an action figure. It came out in 2017, and I picked it up just before Christmas. And uh, this is a pretty exciting line, I think. People have been waiting for a definitive Street Fighter line with this much articulation, obviously hot on the heels of soda. Uh, which gave us quite a lot of good stuff. Um, This has been a bit of a a challenge, I think, to win over fans, and I think they're actually doing pretty well. So Chun-Li being the second figure and the first female, um, this six-inch line... Uh, When I reviewed uh, Ryu, there were a few people who were quite interested in how he shaped up with Marvel Legends, and I am happy to say that uh, Chun-Li measures up quite nicely. So first, I might just mention that uh, in reference to Ryu, uh, Chun-Li is actually a little bit taller than I expected, so her eyeline comes to about Ryu's mouth, but because she's sort of got that extra sort of headdress, etc., it gives her that little bit of extra height, so she actually measures up to him pretty well. There's no sort of shrimpy going on, um, you know, 
coming up to his shoulder or anything. She actually stands quite well with him. Now, in terms of standing uh, alongside other figures like Marvel Legends, uh, I just happened to be sitting next to my spider shelf, and so I popped Chun-Li in between uh, Spider-Gwen and Silk. So that is this small female buck and the flat-footed adult female buck that Hasbro have been using. And she actually fits right in between quite nicely. So uh, nice to know that uh, she isn't diminutive by uh, any means. She actually um, stands a bit taller than Spider-Gwen, but is just slightly... Um shorter than silk but in terms of uh i guess mass yeah look she's she's a pretty solid woman um now i think uh, i didn't mention how tall she is but uh she is um about five and three quarter inches tall and that is if you count those little sort of buns on the top of her head as the highest points so um not too bad at all in the scheme of things um, now, first packaging, I guess, quick mention, this is sort of, uh, I guess, what we've come to know and love with the SH Figure Arts packaging. We get a really, really colourful box that's really quite fun. There's a very blatant picture of Chun-Li on the front. It's the actual action figure. It isn't actually control art or anything. There is some nice art on the side of the box that actually features um, Chun-Li, but it's a nice, bright box with um, really clear writing as to who it is, the Street Fighter logo. All of the internals of the figure are actually really prominent through that window you can see the interchangeable pieces etc uh, on the back we get to lots of groovy uh, posed shots of the figure with um, different things happening there is actually uh, a fight picture of her matched up against Ryu so I guess you could probably uh, assume from that that he was the first in the line um, once again east and west companies aren't talking a whole lot so there's uh, an awful lot of Japanese writing and not a lot of English um, there is a, a few bits and pieces here and there I can't find any credits um, because most of it is in Japanese but um, a really really nice box in terms tray is uh, fairly easy to get out uh, and we have that sort of that lower tray with just the the kind of lid I guess that sits on on the top and presses in so it's actually one of those ones that um, doesn't sort of sit over the top uh, like some of the figures which I find to be quite difficult to get off with that suction pressure this one actually clicks in and holds in quite nicely so that's actually pretty groovy all the pieces sit loose so you don't have a, a thousand pieces of tape that you have to peel off to get at the extra pieces they just sit loosely in the tray so be careful when you do pop that sucker open that they don't fly everywhere all right, it is collector friendly, very easy to pop all these back, which is really, really groovy. Now, in terms of sculpt, uh, look, I haven't played a Street Fighter game for some time. Uh, I do remember wearing out controllers for Street Fighter 2 Turbo back in the Super Nintendo days. And uh, one thing I guess I can say is that Chun-Li has, uh, I guess, uh, expanded a little since then. Her proportions have been uh, considerably exaggerated, particularly around the bust area and the thighs. Uh, there's no <laughs> This is one girl who doesn't skip leg day at the gym. Um, in fact, you know, she'd actually make a, a lot of guys... Uh, jealous with those thighs. So she is uh, very, uh, I guess, Rubenesque. <laughs> She's got a significant, um, um, you know, bust about her as well. But it is a really, really fun sculpt, and it's really obvious who it is uh, straight away. The, the the costume is actually, you know, very, very uh, well known now. You've sort of got the, the blue top um, dress type thing at the top. You've got those sort of brown um, pants or, or leggings and then you've got the white boots. Um, but of course she's really known for those uh, those two little sort of um, top knots that she's got 
um, on her hair. Um, one addition that I don't seem to remember, but uh, sort of looking at some reference photos, is the uh, spiky wrist bracelets. And hey, tips for new players, they're actually really, really sharp. So don't go to pick this figure up in a hurry, because uh, those little spikes, wow, they've, they've got some... Uh, They've got some uh, some ouch to them. Anyway, moving on. Look, this you know it's a really nice piece in terms of the sculpt. I'm really liking how the fact that the 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 gold embroidery on her costume is actually sculpted. It's not just painted on. So all those uh, that nice little detail you've got uh, along the collar um, around her neck is actually really really nice done, and the cuffs of her sleeves um, that's all actually sculpted, which is really really nice. There's a lot of attention in the boots. The laces are actually really well done. It almost looks as if the laces are going in little sort of loops in the boots. They haven't actually skipped anything there, which is really cool. Um, obviously, the face is really well done with the hair. Fairly simple. It's got that sort of... Um the, you know that manga feel to it, um, which you'd kind of expect with the you know largish eyes and the sort of the the triangle shaped face. So I think that actually works quite well. It's not too cartoony. It uh, works very very well next to Ryu, who also has that sort of uh, nice mix of realistic but sort of cartoon reference as well, or video game reference as the case may be. So really overall, I have, I don't have any problems with the sculpt whatsoever. I think they've done a really really good job. They've been really creative in the way they need to. Uh, I guess address some of the articulation needs for this character uh, and it all works really really well Alright, well, in terms of paint, um, there's not a huge amount happening here. This seems to be more and more common, I find, with figures because a lot of the parts are actually moulded in a particular coloured plastic and then the figure is assembled and they do some highlights. And we've actually got that going on here. So you've got the base torso, which is actually a, a blue colour, and they've then gone painted the gold highlights uh, over the top of that. So that embroidery that I mentioned before on her collar and on her sleeves, etc. Uh, it's also on her chest. Um, that's also sort of accented in gold and it's actually quite well done there's some really fine work that needs to be done here and you could easily bleed over the top onto the blue but they've actually done a really good job but from the waist down uh it's all pretty much molded plastic so those sort of leggings or uh whatever she's soft stockings that she's wearing that's actually molded in that kind of um you know that that brown plastic light brown plastic and then her boots are completely white uh and the same thing again they've actually molded those in the white plastic. Um, so there's a few highlights. I think the spikes on her wrist, they, the bracelets are actually moulded in black and then the spikes have been painted in silver. But there's no other highlights, so her arms are actually cast in a very pale white, uh, sort of slightly pinkish plastic, and there's zero highlights anywhere on any part of like the hands or anything like that, which is actually fairly common for figure arts. You don't tend to get sort of highlights like you would on a Necker figure on the skin. So most of the detail that sort of stands out to you when you hold this figure in your hand is actually the face. They've done a really good job with the tempo and the eyes. Uh, I found that the eyes are actually really nicely placed. They're not sort of off uh, or anything like that. And then there's a few highlights bringing out the lips, the earrings and things like that. So not bad at all. I think really the only complaint that I have is that um, the white around her waist uh, I think could have been a little bit better. They've obviously used an airbrush to do that and you can kind of see where that bleed meets, where the white meets the blue, which is um, quite common these days when dark and light colours meet on a toy. Alright, in terms of articulation, well, uh, I started to count them and then I lost track, but let's just say somewhere in the vicinity of about a billion 
Um, really, really clever stuff. We're starting to see some of this sort of really new and innovative uh, articulation in these figures. The shoulders effectively have that, I guess, that kind of butterfly joint that we saw on the uh, Marvel Legends Spider-Man figure. So you actually get to sort of pull the shoulder out from the body and then bring it around. Um, certainly doesn't have that ability to sort of fold the arms across each other in front, but it certainly gives a, a huge range of movement. You can sort of pull that shoulder out from the body and then move it in some pretty groovy directions and then when you want to just sort of standing at ease you can push that shoulder joint back into the torso which is kind of cool and it fills the gap so you don't sort of have an ugly joint so it's a little bit sort of finicky to get it looking nice but a really clever idea so she actually has uh, that sort of two-piece neck so you've got the the ball jointed head which goes onto a neck post and then the neck post goes into the torso and it has movement as well so you get some nice movement in order uh, you can actually tilt her sort of head quite far forward but I was quite surprised that I could get her head to tilt very far back at all in fact um, almost at a sort of normal standing pose that's about as far back as you can get her head to go it's really awkward and that's because her hair at the back actually hits her neck uh, when you try to sort of tilt it backwards so a really odd design choice there but a good range of movement in the other directions um, her little sort of hair pieces those two sort of top knot things they're actually articulated so depending on how you want to pose her you can have those kind of ribbons that come off of um, her hair sort of flying in different directions which is actually kind of groovy I only just noticed that that was um, articulated when I started the review now what's cool is we get these kind of pin and disc um, ball jointed elbows so sort of hard to describe it looks like a ball joint but you can see that there's actually a split in there uh, and you actually get a really really good range of movement there in that elbow joint the fist can come right up and almost touch the shoulder which is kind of cool same thing goes for the knees as well you've got that ball joint in there which allows you to sort of pull her leg up behind her got to be careful of her costume it does get in a little bit in the way when you sort of bring that heel up can't quite bring the heel up and touch her butt because her uh, calf gets in the way but there's certainly a huge range range of movement there with that ball joint in the knees. Um, really groovy ball jointed ankles which allow obviously for the Vonna uh, ankle action so you can actually tilt the feet from side to side uh, which not only helps with just sort of getting her to stand flat and she does stand quite well on her own but obviously when you want to get her in some of the kicking poses which is pretty much what you'd want to do with Chun-Li. But what's really groovy is there's some uh, pretty wicked articulation going on in the hips and it's very innovative in the way that they've done it it's kind of um, difficult to describe but um, it's a it's a two-piece that rotates up and down and then you can lift the leg away from it it's kind of like a, a effectively it is just a ball joint um, when you get down to it but there is a huge range of movement and if you're a fan of Chun-Li obviously that's what you want to hear you want to know that you can actually get this girl to do some pretty wicked kicks now the costume doesn't get in the way when you move her leg laterally so that is up to her side and um, quite quickly I decided to sort of throw that leg up as high as I could and see if I could get her in that kind of side kick pose uh, and within a few seconds I actually had her stand on one leg so the joints are nice and tight there's no problems about her sort of collapsing in a heap um, obviously you'll have to spend some time getting her to you know actually balance properly but uh, I had her standing on one leg and she was fine so really good to know obviously those Vonner ankles come in really really handy with that so we've got the ball jointed wrists as well which give us some groovy movement um, for some reason the uh, 
the bracelets around her wrist turn. Um, obviously, they're a, a separate piece, but it's kind of awkward because they don't really go anywhere or they don't actually look any different when you turn them around. So um, a bit of a, a weird one there. Uh, really groovy kind of ab crunch joint, which um, allows for a, a huge array movement. I've never seen a character tilt backwards um, quite as far as Chun-Li does. It's actually really impressive. And there's some good lateral movement from side to side. So, look, this is figure arts. This is what you actually expect in terms of the uh, articulation. There's some fantastic stuff. There's a nicely hidden bicep um, cut, which is under her sleeve. Uh, people know that I'm uh, not a fan of um, sort of that, that kind of sideways movement at the elbow, so that's actually taken care of by a hidden bicep joint. So that was actually a pleasant surprise, because I didn't see it there at all. Um, only thing that's kind of missing that I think is a bit weird is there's no kind of thigh cut at all that allows you to rotate that that sort of foot to the left or sort of the whole lower leg to the left and the right. There is a little bit of left and right movement in that ball joint in the knee, but it's not really what it's meant to do. So it's a little bit strange that you can't actually get her to sort of tilt one leg out away from the other in that kind of L-shaped sort of martial arts stance. You can get the foot to turn out that way because of the Vonna joint, but the problem is the laces on her boots, her shin would actually be facing the wrong way. So kind of disappointing that you're stuck there in terms of um, being able to get that sort of traditional martial arts stance from uh, from this pose. Um, something that, um, you know, I commented about Ryu, so not sure whether it was actually a limitation in terms of, I guess, financial in, in developing this particular buck, or what's going on. Uh, and then lastly, she's actually got articulated toes. Now, I know Scotty's not a fan, but these are actually disguised really well as part of the boot. Um, they're, they're really nicely done. Not sure that they come in handy that much, given some of the poses she can do, but, you know, it's a nice little extra. Um, boots are actually a big disappointment, being cast in the white plastic. There's absolutely no... Um, there's nothing making them pop at all. There's, uh, it looks like they've tried to do a bit of a grey airbrush on them, but it's done... It's, it's so subtle that it doesn't actually add anything at all. So you've just got these kind of you know, off-white boots that uh, that sort of don't have any highlights at all. So that's a little bit disappointing. Now, in terms of uh, the posability, I've mentioned pretty much everything. It's kind of groovy. There's a lot going on. But, of course, you know, where SH Figure Arts uh, really do shine is all of those extras. So I'm going to start talking about playability and accessories together. Uh, and you get a, a whopping eight hands with this figure. She comes with her fists ready to uh, ready to pummel. She's got the karate chop hands. Then she's got hands, which I'm going to call the high five hands. Uh, imagine the karate chop motion, but then with fingers splayed apart, ready to do a high five. Kind of, I don't know, they're a bit kind of awkward looking. I'm not really sure what you'd do with them. And then you've got the fingers together, but uh, I guess slightly splayed apart. And I'm actually going to call them the spellcaster hands. They're those hands that are getting flogged to death on the female Marvel Legends figures that we see on people like the, the Scarlet Witch and the Enchantress. Um, they kind of got that kind of, you know, uh, uneven sort of fingers about them. And, you know, look, I, I, fists are, are given, karate chop hands are a given. Um, the splayed hands, the high five hands, as I call them, kind of awkward. I, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm trying to sort of work out. I'm not much of a, a poser, so I'm not really sure how you would actually use these. And 
I know Chun Li's not actually known for uh, for sort of using weapons in any of the games, but you know maybe just one of those hands could have been a weapon holding hand in case he wanted to give her a pair of nunchucks. I mean, if people are going to put together uh, dioramas and and do sort of action figure photography, it'd be nice to be able to vary that up using something like a weapon holding hand, which uh, is obviously not there. Now, in terms of the portraits, so SH Figure Arts, you get swap out portraits. Um, Chun-Li's face comes off, so she does her best. Yul Brenner from Westworld impersonation and the whole front of her face comes off, uh, including part of the hair, and you can actually swap that out with one of the two other faces that are included. Uh, only disappointment is there is actually a major seam across the top of the head when you do actually replace these. I don't think they've actually done that good a job at, at hiding these. I would have thought that you could just lift the hair off and then the face would come off. I've seen uh, much better designs in terms of actually you know getting this to work. So that's a little bit disappointing that you do see the seam. And of the three faces, it's quite a, awkward. At first, I actually thought perhaps that I'd sort of got an error figure and that they'd included the same face twice. But two of the faces are so incredibly similar that I actually had to sit there studying them to actually realize that there was a difference. So I'm going to say that there's the angry face, which is uh, she has the mouth open in mid-yell. And then there's two similar faces where the mouth is closed and... It's not until you study the two of them closely together that you realise one's got a very serious look, so her eyes are actually uh, a, a lot more pointy, and then on the other the other face, the eyes are a little bit more relaxed, and other than that, they're pretty much identical. So one's got kind of that determined look, and one's got a bit more of a friendly look. So... That's kind of a bit disappointing. I think when you've got three faces like this, there's a really good option to do uh, things like battle damage or, or even the friendly, smiling face. So to have two faces that were so similar uh, is really awkward indeed. Not, not sure why they actually did that. All right, well, lastly, of course, you do get an effect, uh, much like Ryu did. This is uh, Chun-Li's lightning kick. So this is uh, that special move she has in the game where she uh, does a side kick and then repeatedly kicks out uh, with that foot. And so we get the really groovy little sort of yellow effect that gives the impression that she's kicking, you know, half a dozen times or four in this particular case. Now, um, it's not a bad uh, thing. It actually looks quite good when you get it set up. But I got a bit excited when I started unpacking the figure because I thought she uh, actually had her own stand, but the stand is for the effect, so that's not that uncommon. Um, it's a little bit tricky to get set up, and it does look good when yeah, you do get it set up, but at the same time, uh, it's a bit of a, a hassle. You kind of have to shove her foot into the, the effect, and then, of course, the weight of that, you have to get the stand underneath, and eh, look, uh, it, it's fine for what it is, and I don't know what else they could have done, but, um, yeah, it's just not quite working as well as Ryu's did for me. So overall, lots of really groovy stuff in there. I think she's a, a worthy addition to the line. I'm really looking forward to see uh, what they can do with some of the other characters. I know that there's already uh, another two figures in the line, but I want to see them tackle the big boys. I want to see um, how they can do people you know, like Zangief, uh, etc., so I'm um, really looking forward to that. Overall, um, you know, a really good entry. I'm glad I've got her. She'll set you back about US $55. Um, figure Arts are notorious for knockoffs. So if you're looking on eBay, be very, very careful. If the price sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, I do have a knockoff figure of... 
uh, Goku from Dragon Ball, and it is utter crap. So uh, buyer beware on that one. I think $55 for this uh, is, a, is a pretty good deal. So look, all up, I'm going to finish this up, and I'm going to give this one probably about a 7.5 out of 10. A few things that uh, I've taken points off for, but uh, I'm still really glad that I've actually got her and looking forward to the rest of the line. All right, take care. See you next time. Well, that's it. Uh, we don't have any more feedback for this week. Uh, I'm sure there will be lots of feedback next week as people correct me on how limited the Xenoverse Trunks actually is. Uh, so definitely get your correction letters sent in if you have them to podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear them read out. Uh, but that pretty much brings us to an end of another week. So, Adam, did you have anything to sign off with? Uh, no, no, I don't have any pens near me. Um, I'll just say have a lovely weekend and we shall catch you next time. Oh, what a lovely note to end on. Okay, see you guys. Good journey. Bye. Night, nerds. <laughs> That's my Scotty. Have your Adam Spade on you. <laughs> Whatever Ben's sign off is. <laughs> the Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 